New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. And this happens every Friday morning, 7 a.m. on the Mountain Time Zone. We come together. Now, we're not here to try to solve all the concerns in the planet or any of that stuff. Uh, but we are here to take a new thought look and a, a new perspective on some of the stories of the week, some of the stories of the day. Today, we're calling this show Justice on Trial. Which is pretty appropriate as Z and I were preparing for today's show. We've got four different stories for you that highlight and showcase. Uh, and in some to point, I hope, offers a, a sense of redemption or maybe healing uh, for the criminal justice system. If you're following the news at all, you may know that Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial right now in Kenosha. Uh, Wisconsin for the events of last summer. That trial has been with the jury for a few days now since uh, Monday afternoon. Or, and Z and I have been talking about that in the past couple of weeks. Not an awful lot new going on there uh, other than, you know, some legal wrangling here and there. I guess MSNBC did pull some, one of their producers was being a little too aggressive and following the 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 jurors bust back to end all this and trying to get ahead of the story. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, but I know this isn't really the, the, the bigger story. I think the one of the, well, in the trial world, we have two cases right now, this and the Arbery case in Georgia, uh, which is still, in uh has not been sent to the jury you've been watching that one a little bit more than i have i think z tell us about that one a little bit yeah a little bit you know they got these three guys a father and son and a neighbor um that are, are charged with the killing of of ahmaud arbery who was out jogging and these guys were playing some neighborhood cop citizens arrest thing based on a law that was put on the books back during slavery time uh that was just un which is just mind-blowing that it was just recently abolished or turned down i mean within the last five years or so um and they are now you know trying that case and and one of the guys the the, the son i forget his last name right now um 
he he was a, a a military police in the Coast Guard or something, and so he's mm -hmm. they're trying to play that up like he knows the, how to do that. But it's like, dude, this guy was running. The owner of the property has stated on in the trial that Albury was not doing anything in his house that was wrong or, or burglarizing it because he had cameras in the house, and he said there are people constantly coming in and out of the house looking at the floor plan and the layout of everything. So how did he get chosen as the one we going to do the citizen arrest or not everybody else in the, in the, in the uh, parade of people going through the house? Yeah. So that's, a, and, and, and on top of that, you have a city that I've heard different numbers, somewhere between 25 to 50% black, in the community, but there's only one black person on the trial, on the jury, out of 12 people. On the jury, exactly. Um, this is, that's a, and that's a bigger part of both of these cases is how do we determine and identify a jury of our peers or someone's peers? Now, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, they've got this wild thing where he drew, they had 18 people that heard the whole case. But only 12 of them are going to deliberate it. No. And so Kyle had to pick the six people that went away that weren't going to listen to it. I forget which side, which way it went. It's a very strange thing. But it's not, that's that's old time for them. That's, you know, it's part of the broken system. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't set up to try to give this white kid an advantage. In this Arbery case, there's a lot here that really feels like man we're gonna bend over backwards to um to try to find a way to make it justifiable for these white guys and I, let's be honest this guy's out jogging he's got nothing on him they got trucks and guns and they're yeah. chase and they're chasing him around the neighborhood this you know GTA does not stand for Georgia. <laughs> right? This is not a video game, people. And and everything I keep hearing, this guy, these guys were, they thought they were a their own personal little police department. Yeah. And so let's call a vigilante what it is. These guys sound like vigilantes to me. Well, and and then if you and, and even if you flip over to. The other young man, Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's 17 at the time. He's walking down the street with the assault rifle. Now and he's and and you know, you can't even give him credit to say he was in the Boy Scouts or he was in the, you know, uh the the junior ROTC. I mean, he has no kind of training for any weapons, it appears, right? Definitely, and he may have went to a good gun range or something, but he definitely didn't have any uh, organizational training, right? Um, and yet, they're they're entertaining motions to throw the whole thing out and say that it, after there are two charges that they're trying to get a mistrial on. One would mean that they'd have to redo the whole thing. One would mean they throw the whole thing out and he would be scot-free because he couldn't do double jeopardy. Now I'm like, if they do that, that's going to be, Ooh. And prayers for Kenosha folks, prayers for Kenosha right now, because um, 
you know, I try not to talk about these things too much, but there are tensions building and there are people massing and there are people that are getting together and starting to await this, 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 this verdict. This verdict. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I agree with you. See, I saw a meme yesterday. If a 17 year old couldn't be on the streets with a gun, none of this would have happened. If we had better control over how people get their hands on weapons, and you know, and this kid, <laughs> and, wow! And you, know, and you know, the other thing, and I, I have to go look this up because I'm not clear on whether he picked the gun. Because I saw the 20 year old something guy who's who uh, supposedly bought the gun in for Kyle. Uh, and I don't know if that took place, that transfer of property took place in Chicago, in Illinois, or in Kenosha. I, I believe it happened in Kenosha. In I Kenosha. Believe, okay. I believe the weapon was, I might be wrong. Folks, if you're following this one and you know more than we do, put it in the chat box. Uh, I believe the weapon was in Wisconsin. He picked it up in Wisconsin. Okay. And he, so I don't believe he it's been reported. Because right. if nothing else, if he crossed state line, that's a felony right there. Right. And there's been a lot of, there's been that question, why hasn't the mother been held responsible for transporting him and the gun across state lines? It would, my understanding is that the gun didn't go across yeah. state lines, yeah. but he did. But he did, yeah. And he did, and it still would be illegal for him to possess that gun on the streets at that time my opinion you know i know they're doing it the other way they they're they're saying that 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 breaking that law is not enough to tr to send him to jail on everything else okay you you make a little mistake it doesn't mean that you have to pay the full penalty for but you made a much bigger mistake following that young man and it it would appear pretty obvious um and we know from previous cases that justice in that respect is not equal because there are plenty of cases where there's a black kid or, or, or a brown kid and a white kid who commit the exact relatively same crimes and have relative the exact same background and the time or punishment given, if you will, is drastically different. And we're going to get to that in a second, folks, because um, we got a great story on that side too. But if you think, if you do think about it, if three black guys—now, excuse some of this language—if three black guys were chasing a white kid through the hood in a Cadillac, firing off rounds, it, 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 we wouldn't even be having a trial. <laughs> no. <laughs> They would they would have killed those boys on the spot. Yep. If a black man was walking down the street at a KKK rally and accidentally shoots three white guys with an automatic weapon, yeah, <laughs> there would be no trial. He wouldn't have made it to trial. So. Uh, Wayne, uh, our, our good friend Wayne is saying, you know, America's got some karmic stuff to deal with here uh, when it comes to guns. Absolutely, Wayne, right? We do. Um, yeah. We've got a lot of karmic stuff to, to work through when it comes to firearms in this country. And, and these two cases are so, 
We have two. We're going to move a second now because we've got two experiences coming forward this week also that would appear that there is a thread of consciousness within the American psyche that is attempting to do something that's right. That's attempting to make some sort of, of restitution or, or in some of these cases, in some of what we've done in the his, in the past. So first one we want to talk about is Julius Jones. Now, Julius Jones is um, the subject of um, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and a lot of public outcry as well. Julius Jones was uh, sentenced to death in the state of Oklahoma for the murder of a uh, an Oklahoma businessman in front of his children. Uh, what happened is there was a carjacking gone wrong. Two black men were involved with attempting this attempting to to steal this man's car, and the man was shot, and the man died. And they so here's my version of it the cops get two black men into into two separate rooms and they tell them both okay the first one of you to point the figure at the other guy can get it easy and the other guy's gonna die and one kid pointed his finger at his friend and his friend is julius jones that other man got 15 years julius got life well excuse me he got uh murder uh sentenced to death to execution. He was scheduled to be executed yesterday afternoon at four o'clock central time. The governor commuted his sentence uh, just prior to life without the possibility of parole. Z, is this justice? You know, it's a story that has been repeated over and over in the black community uh, and brown community for a very long time. Something happens, two black guys, two brown guys did it, three brown, go get me any three black guys or brown guys that fit this description. And if there's not enough evidence to convict them, we'll make some to convict them. Now, I don't know the facts of this case, whether you know these guys did it or not, or whether it was mistaken identity or whatever. Right. I do know there was supposedly some mitigating circumstances that that uh, that should should probably in the beginning had prevented a death sentence, maybe uh, right. depending on the evidence and 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 how it was presented and so forth. And I don't know the details, so I can't talk about the justice part of that. But when we look at if if two if you and I were involved in a killing. Both of us, if, if one gets to death, all of us should get to death because we're both there. Now, if I if I pull the trigger and you don't, okay, that there's some mitigating stuff, right? Um, but but you know, if we take that story and contrast it, right, with mm -hmm. the Malcolm X case that just the two killers got exonerated yesterday, here's a man this, in front of me. This is our fourth story of the day, folks. So this is our anchor for us. And so here's a man who is with his family, right? We talked about this guy in this car with his family. Here's a guy in a public place giving a speech. His wife and five daughters, one of his, his sixth daughter is in his wife's womb, gets mm -hmm. gunned down in front of his entire family 
The FBI and the New York City Police Department covered it up or withheld evidence that could have exonerated uh, Mohammed Aziz and Khalid Islam, who spent 20 plus years in prison. One passed away, Khalid passed away in 2009. Um, right now, uh, Mohammed Aziz is 83 years old and now they wanna say, well, we sorry, we are gonna exonerate you. And that's great, let's not be twisted. But look at all of the time that has, that first that they withheld evidence, that they've locked people up wrong. It's in the, in, the, in the information to exonerate these guys, they indicate that the police and the FBI had informants in the Audubon Theater when Malcolm was shot. Now, as far as I understand, when you have an informant and the informant's job, he or she is getting paid to take notice of everything because you got to come and report back. So if they got several informants in the auditorium from two different top agencies, somebody should have been able to say real clearly, these two guys are not the ones. But that right. was not the case. And and if I'm if I'm correct, <clears throat> the man who did pull the trigger did admit to pulling the trigger and did say, no, they had nothing to do with it. Yes. I don't know who, I, I guess they were all part of the same organization, but there was an acquaintance, but he was very adamant. No, they were not part of this. Right. right. And folks, if I got arrested for something and there's two guys standing next to me and they're both white and I said, nah, officer, they got nothing to do with it. Cops going to say, okay, take me to jail. Black guy says, no, they got nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's good. I, I, we're taking all of your asses to jail. Exactly. And so, you know, Cause you guys, because you guys are all alike to me. I don't, you know, it, I'm, I'm so, sure some you know, dumbass cop said that. This points back to that the, there's the the uh, well-known program that was sponsored by Hoover called Cohen Protel, which which took place between 1956 and all the way up to 71, where as the story goes, he felt that there was going to be a black messiah. And so his thing was, we are going to uh, put tabs on any black leader that seems to be uh, prominent and can galvanize people. So we know about his tracking uh, Dr. King. We know we knew now, but we now know for sure that they were tracking Malcolm. We just saw the thing, the movie that came out with Fred Hampton, a Black Panther leader in Chicago, 23 years old. They gunned him down. 23. Right. Uh, I mean, you got so you got all of these and those are just the a, a, a thumbnail of the stuff that they did or the papers that's been released. When you look at some of the papers released, they redacted so much. You can't even, it don't even make sense to read the thing because they're trying to hide so much. And I would submit some of that kind of policing, that justice, that investigation is still going on right now. And we have some conscious lawyers and some, 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 Witness, I mean, uh, evidence gatherers who are pulling this stuff back out of the archives and saying, this doesn't make sense. We need to let these people go.
or reduce yeah. their sentence or whatever it is. And so to flip back to the other two stories that we started with, with Albury and Rittenhouse, those cases are being watched very clearly now, even more given the information of these two cases about how this is going to go down. So, you know, they need to get this right. I mean, there's no way we can cast a whole lot of stuff around Rittenhouse, but there's no way to change. Two people have died and one person uh, was injured and he said he was threatened for his life, but they didn't, only one of them had a gun. I think one guy did have a gun and fired in the air, but the other two people didn't. So he's chasing them. He's running away and one guy has a bag. I mean, okay, you're threatened for a bag? Dude, you got a, you got an assault rifle. You can just pull the trigger and mow everybody down. Yeah. Then you go to the Albury case where somebody's trying to make us a, a play police, play cops and robbers, and there's no consequences. So it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, and I got a good feeling that, you know, at least uh, the Rittenhouse crowd they're probably going to want to get home in time for Thanksgiving, don't you think? <laughs> so we could very well see uh, an, the other one. They might just deliberate a few days of break for Thanksgiving. It might be a little bit longer in Georgia. Yeah. But but I do believe that they're going to do closing arguments in that case today. In um, Albury's uh, case? Uh, yes, I heard. Okay. I believe both the defense, I believe the defense has made their, has rested their case and closing arguments are going to happen today. That that jury might get the, might get this this afternoon, might get the, might get this to the jury on Monday and we might have a verdict on that before the end of next week as well. Uh, our show next week, next Friday could be filled with all kinds of interesting stuff, <laughs> right? But I want to go back to I want to go back to the Malcolm X case and the exoneration of these two men, because again, how do you give somebody back 40 years of their life, 50 years of their life? Right? The man's coming out of, and, and we now know, as we're saying that in the United States, we did a lot of dirty shit to keep white privilege in place, to keep yeah. white power in place. And you know, I'm not saying we got to link. This is not, you know, put every white man on trial for the sins of our fathers, because I don't want to put every black man on trial for the sins of their fathers either. Mm -hmm. We're all flawed individuals. And I believe we're here to create a world that's working better for mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. That means we have to come to some reconciliation on all of this. But how do we give this guy 40, 50 years of his life back? Is it even is it even remotely possible? No, no, not even possible. And and so and so there goes the other part of this. Right. I mean, we have the Innocence Project that has found a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, were railroaded and they've gotten them out. And these people have to give some kind of restitution to these people that have been incarcerated 10, 20 years of their life, you know, their whole whole uh, ability to, to create a life and have a livelihood was destroyed based on trumped up stuff. And I, I you know, I would just guess, you know, they can't go back and do all these cases because they're going to be broke, right? They're going to have to pay these people something. And how do you, you know, right. how do you uh, 
How do you put a value on someone who's been in jail for 30 years? You don't know what they could have been an engineer. They could have been an astronaut. You don't know what they, so how do you value that? You know, right. and, and, and how do you put a price tag? And so I'm sure a lot of these cases are like that. And then, you know, when you go, the other part of it is like in this case, I was reading with Malcolm, you know, they can't go back and try to retry anything because all of the original witnesses and people have passed away. All right. of the evidence is probably disintegrated in a, in a vault somewhere or been lost or mislabeled or who knows what. So, right. so now it's just like, oh, well, oopsies. We made a mistake. We're going to let you out and call it good. Well, no, it ain't that easy. <laughs> Sorry, Arvad. <laughs> Not that easy. And, and even, and you know, one last thing, I was reading one article and even all this time later, almost uh, 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 60 years later, the article said the firebrand leader, Malcolm X. I mean, now, still kind of trying to cast disparity on Malcolm with these labels that are insinuary and, and causes people to be, you know, those are rabble rousing words. Why would you do that? Right. Yeah. White supremacy folks. It's alive <laughs> and well in America. I, you know, it, and here, and okay. And I'm going to give some people a, just a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. if you will, with me. Um, because it can be hard to change 30 or 40 or 50 years of languaging. It can be, it can be hard to change 10 years of languaging. Mm -hmm. If you've known, you know, I, if I've known you as a black man for going over 10, 15, 12 years now or whatever, if all of a sudden I had to say, oh, he's a white man. Uh, that ain't gonna happen overnight. It's mm -hmm. gonna take me some time. So people are gonna make some mistakes. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna say things that they're more like a oh shit. I'm sorry, I I know better. I shouldn't have said that. Um, however, I would hope there would be an editor that would have caught that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there should be somebody looking over their shoulder, uh, saying, "Yeah, that's not really racially sensitive, right there." Right. Exactly. It, it, let's let's and. For everyone that's doing what they can, for everyone that's making the attempt, kudos, amen, thumbs up. Let's give you high praise um, because this is a shift for everybody. And, and I'm really happy, happy it's happening right now. So I don't, we don't know what's next reparations, more exonerations. Um, you know, the innocence project, this was a 22 month investigation between the innocence project and the New York district attorney. I think it was, or whatever that, that got to the point where a group of people finally said, okay, yes, we absolutely have to exonerate, not commute the sentence, not just, but absolutely exonerate these two men of any involvement in that incident. And, and, and for those who are interested, there is a documentary on Netflix that spawned yep. this reinvestigation. Uh, it's entitled Who Killed Malcolm X? It's a six or seven part documentary that goes into the evidence. And, and you know, they were able to archive with some live footage and some interviews with people who were still on the scene uh, that, that, that caused the district attorney 
office, excuse me, in New York to say, well, we need to look at this again. Yeah. And that spawned this. And after a, a, a unbiased, if you will, uh, investigation, the results is we will we have to exonerate these guys because it's just too much going on here. I don't want to discount the good work that a lot of great cops and a lot of great investigators and a lot of great people in our justice system do every day. But it seems like more and more and more the real work's being done by filmmakers at Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. learned I truly have learned more in the past two years about some of the horrendous things white America did to black Americans um, because of Netflix. Yeah. Because of film and and it okay, let's not give Netflix the credit, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. they're they're making money off that and putting it out there, but it's the filmmakers and it's the people that are willing to dig in deeper and say, "This wasn't right," and I know I can't change what happened to these guys, but I might be able to help them live a little bit better of a life for what they got left. Yep. Or in this case, one gentleman who yep. had um, because the other one did pass away while he was in court. Well, they were both released from. In, in, in the 80s. In the 80s, exactly. And Khalil um, passed away in 2009. Right. I put it on a group post when I shared that story yesterday. It feels like a good day, perhaps a bit bittersweet, yeah. but still a good day. Still a good day. And it's a good day in America, folks. Uh, it's Friday morning on the new thought media network and we've done run about done but done bun done run we've just about run out of time <clears throat> as as he said we we have not effectively made 15 cents into a dollar but we're gonna go try that for a little while after this <laughs> before we go z any final thoughts hey it would be stand true to the truth of the evidence and look for the things that are not so obvious to help us expand our vision, because we know there's always there more than meets the eye. Absolutely. Folks, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send us an email, ministertalk at ntmedia.org. Leave a comment. If you have a subject you'd like us to cover or you have a, a guest that you'd like us to have on, please let us know. And do remember New Thought Media Network is fully supported by the donations of viewers and listeners like you. If you'd like to be a part of the financial support that makes all this happen, you can head over to ntmedia.org and click on the donate button. I'm Rev Z. Uh, no, you're Rev Z. I'm Rev Z. You're Rev Briz. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. We'll be back next week. Until then, peace. Where's my film?